0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast, And share it with all your friends. But the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air... For legal purposes.
1: You can't do whatever it is you're doing here. You need to leave.
2: I told you no twerking during takeoff. Oh,
3: that's a classic line.
2: I can't believe there's a universe where I wouldn't know that my dad had a water buffalo named Gary Hoffman. Yeah, or that like my mom had a friend named Shannon Farron. What a great name. I feel like this is my new favorite show. Gary and Shannon. You say right. that about every show. This <laughs> is fun. I am, I am Every
4: happy. step that I take, everywhere I look, it's right in front of my face. Before shadows
3: the the Gary and Shannon Gary's been uh, in radio for I want to say let's see it's 46 now probably started around 22 so 24 years forgets his headphones maybe once a week. It's remarkable.
0: Started at 19, just to be, just to clarify, and yes, it's it's the rain. It's two days of rain. Is that that's the problem?
3: I mean, it's not technically it's not raining. raining right now. No. All right.
0: No excuses, then. That's Zero okay. excuses.
3: Huge show for Can you today. Can we talk
0: about the huge reusable toilet paper story that we're going to do later? Reu- I'm going to rephrase. I
3: just passed that one along.
0: Reusable. Oh, that smelled so good. Reusable toilet paper.
3: I read that story that Michelle sent me, and then I sent it along to you so you could use it. We are and an then ad- I sent it along to Morgan so she could use it.
0: We are an advanced people. We are an advanced... Civilization.
3: I think people are have lost their minds with the straws and the reusable toilet paper. It's gone too far.
0: And here's the thing my daughter is fully in on that straw thing. Yeah. She's in it. Well, I She carries around straws in her car. I
3: feel like one turtle lost is enough, to be honest.
0: You you're in on the straw thing too? Yeah. Do you carry metal straws in your car? No.
3: I still use the straws. Oh. Because the straws that I use don't hurt any of the turtles.
0: Right? How? You keep them?
3: Well, they're from me. I mean. Got it. This headline is so chilling. I'm going to read it to you. I just spotted it. From CNN. Police sped past just one car on their way to Jamie Kloss's home. She was in the trunk. When they got the call about. The murders in that home of her parents in Wisconsin they sped by one car on their way to respond to that and And she was was going in the other direction in the trunk
0: uh we're also watching on Capitol Hill in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee William Barr is uh, undergoing his confirmation hearing he's the guy who would become the next attorney general and among other things he has said that he trusts Robert Mueller Bobby Three Sticks to be fair to the president and to the country. The other thing we didn't mention yesterday is Jonathan Carl from ABC News said that sources have told him that when the Mueller report comes out, it's going to be a giant nothing burger. Like there's going to be nothing surprising in it at all. And it would likely not result in any sort of criminal charges or anything against the president. So that, that, a lot of people were losing their minds over that yesterday.
3: Did you notice traffic was light this morning? Blake pointed it out to me. It was light. And I think it's because of that teacher strike. Only about a third of LA Unified students showed up to school yesterday on the first day of that strike, the first since 1989. A district official said that campuses would be in full operation, but a lot of people stayed away.
0: Hey, the good news is we were concerned that the 31,000 teachers would be out and they would be replaced by... At most, 3,000 people, a combination of substitutes and other administrators who had teaching credentials and who could be there on campuses. That at least gives me a little bit of relief considering safety and security was going to be a concern. If you've got that many students with that few adults in the room, now it turns out that, hey, if there's only a third of the kids on campuses – maybe this is a, a a doable thing for now.
3: They had a mid-morning downtown rally, of course, chilly rain yesterday. There were some students and parents. Police estimated the turnout at about 20,000 and then they marched to school district headquarters on uh, headquarters on Beaudry. Michael Lamont was one of them. The LA Times talked to him, 48 years old, teaches 3rd grade at Hooper Elementary, and he says we're marching for the future of public education. No one's doing this for fun, he said. We're missing our kids, it's raining. We're not going to get paid. So where, where are we here on, on this negotiations?
0: Well, as far as I know, nothing happened yesterday. We do know that the district had said that based on some new funding that Gavin Newsom had promised in the state budget proposal... That they were going to offer a few things, uh, lower class sizes by about two students in middle schools, a librarian for every secondary school, extra academic counselor for high schools, full time nurse for every elementary school. Well, then
3: also the L.A. County's voting today to, to free up 10 million,
0: which which would be great. I mean, it would give a boost, but doesn't it doesn't necessarily change a lot of the arithmetic here especially considering the increased staffing based in that last proposal from the district would be only guaranteed for a year and that's because the funds are coming out of a one-time reserve so
3: well what the hell is the district supposed to do go print some money we'll see i there. mean if they if they are, if they are paying out to the point of insolvency then they're breaking the law right. they can't they cannot do that um they're not far away on salary Looks like LA Unified is offering 6% spread out of the first two years of a three-year deal, but the union wants 6.5% all at once, retroactive to a year earlier.
0: Well, remember, they've been negotiating. They've been without a contract for a year and a half, so a three-year deal means it goes back to whatever June 2017 and then goes forward. And remember what Eric Garcetti said, more unites us. There's a lot more that unites unites us than than separates separates us. us. There's a
5: lot more that unites us than separates us. That does
3: not do anything for negotiations. Well, I don't mind if... Uh, uh, A campaign talking point. Right.
0: And I don't mind him getting involved. Let's roll
3: up your sleeves and get down to, like you said, the arithmetic. Uh, Let's start crunching numbers.
0: I would encourage him to... Loosen the tie. I don't want to hear unbutton one button and maybe get a little aggressive. And listen, I know he doesn't have authority when it comes to spending for LAUSD, and I know he doesn't have authority in telling the teachers union what to do. But if this guy literally is on the verge of mounting a presidential campaign, grow a pair. Stand out there in front of people I don't and demand that these two sides come together because of the impact that it's having on the city.
3: Maybe what you're getting from Garcetti is uh, is the idea that testicles are not in vogue in 2019. goes he's, back to toxic masculinity. I was just going to say
0: that he's afraid to unveil his toxic masculinity if he's got any of it.
3: I meant testicular fortitude. I, I guess you. I should clarify that. That's you know what I mean.
0: We'll continue. We'll talk more about this when we come back, um, including what it is that students are doing instead of going to school. Gary and Shannon will continue. We also have a thousand bucks we're going to be giving away. We'll tell you how you can win that. <laughs>
3: With your chance right now at
2: $1,000. KFI has your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's CASH to 200-200. If you win, they'll give you a call, but you got
0: to answer that phone to pick up the $1,000 you got another chance an hour from now. In fact, every hour in our show, every hour in the John and Ken show, through the first hour of the Conway show, we're going to be giving away $1,000 an hour.
3: Expecting some heavy rain in Burbank. Mandatory evacuation kicks in at noon for Country Club Drive above Via Montana. Country Club Drive above Via Montana. Uh, also, looks
0: fine right now.
3: The Stowe Nature Center, Wildwood Canyon hiking and rec areas will be closed as well. They're expecting some mud flow there.
0: At the bottom of the hour, we're going to get into the uh, updates. We learned a lot of information late yesterday and into this morning about the Jamie Kloss story. Uh, not only do we know more about the suspect's tactics, some of the new details about what happened uh, when he kidnapped Jamie and killed her parents allegedly, and then. Elizabeth Smart has chimed in on this as well. And we were talking about how when she was discovered last week, uh, when Jamie was discovered, it reminded us of the Elizabeth Smart case in that, for the most part... It seemed like all hope was lost, and then this girl is able to uh, to get help, walk away from her captors and get help. So we'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour.
3: So what are all the L.A. Unified students doing? Some students uh, told the L.A. Times they had intended to go to school, but they were torn when they saw their t- uh, teachers picketing outside. Two L.A. school police officers who stood inside the doors at Marshall High told a student who approached the exit to watch the teachers That she should remain on campus. If she wanted to leave, one of the officers says she couldn't come back. Officers said they wouldn't stop students who left, but students were not supposed to flow in and out of the school. Over at Venice High, senior Salvador Molina, six other students gathering at the front entrance to figure out how to get more of their classmates off the campus. They opted to go to school, but then decided to leave when the principal told them to go to the gym and just sit there. So this kid, Salvador Molina, said he's trying to plan a trip to the museum, saying he could take the metro to the Natural History Museum where he could learn something.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm 30 years past my high school career, and I can think of probably a couple of teachers that I remember fondly. Yes. But I don't know if I would have ever felt like I was moved uh, if, I, if I were to go to school then seeing them, my t- teachers on the picket line, that I would have been moved to not go to school. Like all of a sudden they were going to garner my sympathy. or so. I, I don't know that, I don't know if a 15-year-old has the capability of understanding. Oh,
3: I do. I would have been moved to not go to school if I saw my teachers out there.
0: But for like political reasons or because you went, i
3: no, because if Mr. I,
0: Harrison doesn't have to go to class. I'm not going to class. No,
3: because I cared about my teachers for for the most part, and if they were fighting for something in, in their life, I wouldn't want to cross them. I don't think. I guess I just I don't think I.
0: Furthermore, again, they, what about
3: retaliation? Your teacher sees you go into that school, and then point. suddenly <laughs> that the uh, subjective essay you've got to turn in. Hey, Here's my
0: question, and I don't know if anybody, uh, if you might know the answer to this, somebody listening might know the answer to this. Um. Out of 31,000-plus teachers, are there any that do not agree with this strike? I know that the vote to strike was overwhelming, but there have got to be some onesies and twosies out there. I haven't who, seen
3: any of that in the media reports. Well,
0: you are ne- I don't think you're ever going to find that. No. Definitely not in the L.A. Times are they going to talk to somebody who says, this right. is ridiculous, that, you know, if we're here for the kids, we need to be in class. I'm curious to know if there are teachers out there who... Maybe not – they may not be crossing the picket lines. They're
3: at home, though.
0: But are at home and are frustrated by the situation. Uh, And I don't mean frustrated and they're picketing. I mean frustrated and they hate the idea that they're on strike. I'd be interested to see if there was – so if you you know of anybody, I would love to hear their story. Um, You can hit us up on social media. What's funny is the way the LA Times has written this up a couple of different times over the last couple of weeks – determining what's going to be going on in these classrooms while the teachers are on strike, this line has been repeated, different wording, but same sentiment. It's not clear how much learning will be going on outside of the real-time civics lessons happening on the sidewalks.
3: Oh, for the love.
0: If you're in class and you're 16 years old and you have a rudimentary understanding about labor unions, et cetera, uh, I don't think that you're learning anything. As we heard, uh, Andrew Mullenbeck, Chris Carlo both talked with students who said, yeah, we didn't do anything. We just sat and watched a movie or we did P.E. and then
3: yeah, nobody and they is going to
0: go back to class today. And
3: nobody is in the schools doing a talk or a lecture about the history of protest in America yeah. and, and strikes and their value and the pros and cons. Nobody's doing that. So they're not going to understand the totality of what's going on. Uh, Just seeing their teachers on the picket lines does not describe what the fight is about or what it's over or or why it's being had.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could come up with an exercise. A creative substitute may be able to come up with an exercise where you pit one side of the class against the other and say, uh, you guys are going to pretend to be the... The district and you guys are going to pretend to be the teachers union. And here are the facts of the
3: case and debate. Here's 10
0: bucks of of spending that you guys need, but here's eight dollars to spend it on. Right. Or to spend on it. So and then you guys have to come up with some sort of a compromise.
3: I was curious how much teachers make in the district and the average is about seventy five thousand dollars. The school board members gave themselves uh, 174% raises last year. So they make $125,000, the school board members. The superintendent makes $350,000. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, that being said, that's a giant, you know. Th- th- L.A. Unified is a giant undertaking. You're going to have to pay somebody to get involved with that.
3: Yeah, it doesn't look like he's doing a great job, though, does he? Well,
0: that, that may be true. Uh, one of the things I saw as well is that the uh, L.A. Animal Services is saying, hey, kids, instead of sitting home playing Fortnite, getting fat, eating bonbons, why don't you come down and volunteer with us? We'd love to have you. Which oh, I think cool. is a fantastic idea. Yeah, that's very how cool. many. How I many like... parents encouraged their kids, listen, You want to go to class, you don't want to go to class, that's up to you. But you can't sit around and do nothing.
3: Well, I like the museum idea. I mean, we don't have great museums. What are you talking about? We have some world-class museums. Well, I mean, comparatively speaking. But, you know, Natural History Museum, the Getty, Griffith Griffith Observatory, California Science Center.
0: For for L.A. Unified students, at least while the strike is on. Yeah,
3: that would be a good way to spend your time. But, yeah, Fortnite, 24 hours a day now because you don't have to go to class. Did you hear that kid that, that Mollenbeck talked to yesterday? And the de- you could hear his yeah. dead eyes yeah. and his dead voice yes. about that, that wanting to go home and play Fortnite. Terrifying. Good Lord.
0: I remember when we would have days off of school, granted it was a different time and there weren't video games all the time, although there was a D- Atari 2600 tournament every week.
3: Oh, my God. How old are you, Gary? Easy.
0: Uh, 46. We would, we would go out. And this is going to blow your minds. We would go out and we would play football all day. Like, yeah. if there was a day off of school, if it was a holiday, President's Day or something like that, right. we would meet at 9 o'clock and play until about 4 or 5 o'clock at night.
3: A day of video games, like 12 hours of video games, is not good for the soul. I'll just tell you that right now. You know what's good for, for it? Going outside. Getting fresh air. Even if. Look at a tree. Even if it's raining. Look at a leaf. Look at a leaf. All right, coming up next, the latest about the Jamie Claw story. Such a chilling s- such a chilling story about the police driving to her home when the nine one one call was made about a murder in the home or something was going down, and they speed by one car, and that was the car driven away from the home, and she was in the trunk.
0: Ugh. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment.
6: I'm Sugar off your lips. Me Shannon.
0: It's Tuesday, January 15th. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Been watching William Barr, the former Attorney General, who has been nominated to take over the Justice Department again. He has been answering questions in the Senate Judiciary Committee room about what he would do as Attorney General. The big question is whether or not. He would step in to try to stop the Robert Mueller special counsel investigation. Uh, And he has said that he wouldn't and said it is vitally important that Mueller be able to continue his investigation. We'll get into more of that in uh, Swamp Watch. Also, that Iowa Congressman Steve King has been stripped of all of his committee uh, assignments after some comments that raised questions about whether or not he thinks white supremacy is a great idea. We'll talk more about that at 1230.
3: There are new details in the double murder and abduction of Jamie Kloss in Wisconsin. Of course, the double murder of her parents with the goal to take the girl. That is what 21-year-old Jake Patterson had intended. New details in the charging documents have revealed the tactics he used and just simply horrific new bits of this story. Yeah,
0: you know, the thing that, that surprised me the most was the information that he had tried to kidnap her twice before, or at least gone to Jamie's house with the intention of kidnapping her twice before the October 15th night when he actually did.
3: If you missed it, he spotted her boarding a school bus as he drove to his job at a cheese factory and made up his mind to take her. Then came the subsequent tries to take her before that October 15th successful abduction
0: yeah that that night they said that he drove up to her house now it's important to talk about what he did to the car as well um he had completely disabled the interior lights like the dome light and also the the inside of the trunk light that turns on when you pull the trunk lid open and he had removed the trunk release cord so she couldn't escape you ever seen that i mean you you look in there all the cars have them now little glow-in-the-dark latch usually or a cord or a, a, you know, fabric piece that you can pull and open the trunk from the inside on the off chance that you're stuck in there. He He, took that off. He
3: also knew that he was going to have to kill people probably to take Jamie. Uh, He didn't want to leave any eyewitnesses behind, he told investigators, and he chose his weapon, the 12-gauge Mossberg pump shotgun, on purpose, telling investigators he thought the caliber bullet would inflict the most damage on someone. It would most likely be the best choice of shell and weapon to kill someone versus a rifle.
0: Yeah, the 12 gauge is one of the larger gauges of the shotgun, which just means the hole that the stuff comes out of at the end of the gun is bigger. And the the sh- the um, shot that was going to come out of that, there's more of it. it. And talk about Well, we'll get into this in a second, but, I mean, it was a a gruesome—whatever Jamie saw was gruesome.
3: He wiped down that shotgun and the ammo. Uh, He wore gloves so there would be no fingerprints on them. Also shaved hair from his face and head prior to the kidnapping so he wouldn't leave any DNA evidence at the scene. Here's how it went down. Jamie awakes after midnight, and it's because she hears her dog barking. And she looks outside, and she sees a car coming down the driveway. He had killed the headlights and his engine as he coasted toward the home. So she goes and tells her parents about this. And her father goes to the door. Again, she's 13. You see a car coming down the driveway. No lights. No engine noise.
0: Would you know enough to tell your parents?
3: No, absolutely not.
0: Dad gets up to go see what's going on he goes to the front door and patterson told investigators that he saw dad through the front door window dad was shining a flashlight outside to see what was going on and at that point whether or not he saw him we don't know but there he was dressed in black with that black balaclava on his head and patterson raised his shotgun and said he purposely aimed at dad's head
3: so that was one obstacle out of the way, and he made his way into the house. Uh, we'll tell you what happened when we come back. God, this is horrific.
0: Gary and Shannon, will continue in just a moment. Gary and Shannon, one of the uh, stories we did not get to yesterday because we were interrupted by that rainy day car chase. Was the story of the FBI investigation, the corruption inquiry that involves Jose Huizar and some other city council officials. Well, now we're talking about the potential for that to... Bring down Eric Garcetti and some other L.A. leaders as well. We'll talk about the wide-ranging concentric circles of corruption.
3: Senny Hoyer, of course, House Majority Leader, says the House will not take its scheduled recess next week if the government is still shut down. Today, rank-and-file House Democrats declined the president's invitation for a White House lunch, uh, trying to get them to um, support funding for the border wall. Did you see Clemson? The Clemson football team, national yes. championship, head yeah. to the White House yesterday for dinner. But and so on the on the silver trays on this large table, where they would usually serve uh, food that was that was done by the White House chef, they had cartons of Big Macs stacked up, different fast food options. Yeah. The president telling Clemson guys, uh, we we sent out for this. It's all because of the government shutdown. But I bet when we're done here, there will be very little left. It's so good.
0: And the thing is, some of those guys haven't eaten fast food in years. Really? Absolutely.
3: I disagree. Oh,
0: because, listen, if your body is a temple and no. you're planning on... As,
3: their college as, can... as I can tell you from traveling with the Chargers, yeah, their body not is thing. not a temple. Oh, okay. Absolutely not. Huh. Their body likes Doritos and pizza.
0: And wine out of a Pringles can. <laughs> All right, we're talking about the, uh, the story of Jamie Kloss. Yesterday, we saw the 21-year-old Jake Patterson charged officially with two counts of intentional homicide for killing Jamie's parents, one charge of kidnapping for taking the 13-year-old from her home, and then one count of burglary as well. There is also a chance that he could be charged in another county where he actually was keeping Jamie, but we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. We know that the night that he took her, was the third time he had been to the house. The other two, he aborted the uh, kidnapping attempt because of too much activity. So
3: he dresses in all black. He approaches the house in his car, headlights killed, the engine killed. He uh, gets to the front door. Dad is there. He raises his shotgun and purposefully aims at Dad's head. One, one obstacle out of the way. She, Jamie, heard that gunshot that killed her father. While she was hiding in the bathtub with her mother, with the shower curtain drawn, her mom picks up her cell phone, calls 911. He comes into the bathroom, breaks down the bathroom door, rips down the shower curtain they were hiding behind, and he tells mom to cover Jamie's mouth with tape. And then he bounds her her wrists and ankles. She's standing bound next to him in the bathroom, and he picks up the shotgun, aims for mom's head, and pulls the trigger.
0: Okay. It hit me today, reading this description, what this little girl has gone through. So she's 13 years old. She hears what she believes is the, is the shot that kills her father while she's hiding in the bathroom with her mother.
3: Not to mention they probably had to step over dad at the front door to get out of there.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So she's standing in the bathroom with this guy, which is never a big area. No, you figure a shotgun is thirty inches long, maybe from from barrel to stock there. So he's not that far away from mom when he shoots her with a twelve gauge. That's a that's a mess, to say the least, an indescribable for a 13 year old girl to have seen that and like you said then being led out of the house probably seeing dad before she gets stuffed into the trunk of the car and driven away the only clue that police had at that point was the interrupted 911 call that someone had broken into the house
3: they're speeding away from the house as the police are speeding towards it Jamie and Patterson both think it was about 20 seconds after they left the house that they kind of pulled to the side to allow the police cruiser through the road. She's in the trunk. She's bound, blindfolded, and she hears the sirens and yet can't do do a thing.
0: Now, we know that it was 88 days later this guy had taken her to his house, uh, forced her to stay underneath his bed when there were people over... Apparently, his dad had come over a couple of times, and he turned the radio up in his room so that nobody would hear her if she made noise. He required that she burn the clothes that she was wearing the night that that he took her and killed her parents. And then 88 days later, she, for some reason, and for some unknown reason, gets up enough courage to break out of the house. And that's, we know, what happened last Thursday, where... She runs into a woman who was walking her dog and said, you got to help me. You got to help me. That's what closed this case.
3: When I got the news alert that she had been found, it reminded me right away of Elizabeth Smart. Elizabeth Smart was held for nine months before she was rescued. Um, And she went on CBS this morning yesterday about what Jamie Kloss is experiencing. And Elizabeth Smart said right now is a very sensitive, very important time her to sort of rebuild those connections with her family, she says her family's been torn apart in such a brutal way. Now it's just vital that she has time with her family to reconnect, to rebuild that foundation, so that she can move forward and on with her life. And a big difference, of course, is Jamie had to see her parents get murdered. They're not there for her anymore. Yeah, and uh that's going to be—I don't even know what that's going to be.
0: I don't know what that path. I looks do not like either. I mean, she's staying
3: with her aunt or something of that nature.
0: Yeah. Well, this is a, uh, a story that we'll keep an eye on because, again, there could be other charges against this guy. Uh, we know who is representing him, and, uh, and I guess they have a reputation for defending clients in very high-profile sex crimes, although that hasn't been discussed yet. Um, and these other charges could come in the county where she was being held. So this is not over by any means, just even in terms of the uh, the charges against this guy.
3: Coming up next, the Black Dahlia, one of the most notorious murders in Los Angeles history, perhaps the most gruesome. There's a retired LAPD detective that thinks it was his father that killed her. We'll talk about that when we come back to Gary and Shannon.
0: Gary and Shannon.
3: Federal judge today in Washington refused to force the government to pay federal employees who've been working without pay during this shutdown. Three uh, labor unions went to court to argue that unpaid work violates labor laws and the Constitution.
0: Keep an eye on this rain as well. There's a big, very strong band of rain that's made its way onto uh, on land in the Ventura area and as it makes its way Eastward, We will start to see a lot of very heavy rain coming through the uh, San Fernando Valley. A flash flood watch is in effect for the recent burn areas in L.A. County and eastern Ventura County, Woolsey Hill, South Stone Creek, Latuna burn areas uh, through this evening. They haven't put an official end time on it, but they say they're expecting rainfall rates of as much as uh, an inch and a quarter. So isolated thunderstorms could bring those uh, briefly higher rates as well. So if you live in one of those areas, make sure that you are ready to go. And if you want to leave right now, that's fine.
3: 72 years ago, the body of a woman named Elizabeth Short, 22 years old, was found in a vacant lot. It was January 15th, 1947. She had been scrubbed, cut in half, and drained of blood. Her face Viciously mutilated, a joker smile carved onto her face. She would be known as the Black Dahlia. There is now a retired LAPD detective named Steve Hodel. And he says he thinks his father, Dr. George Hodel, was the one who killed the Black Dahlia.
0: The weird thing about this, I mean, the the cop worked as a homicide detective for a long time and had a great reputation of being a guy who could dig up the details and solve some of these what were deemed unsolvable murders. One time when his dad, Dr. George Hodel, died, he starts going through dad's belongings. And he finds a photo album tucked away in a box, small enough to fit in the palm of his hand, was bound in wood, and... It feels a little bit like a voyeur, not quite sure if he should look into it or not. It was filled with, you know, pictures of mom and dad and the brothers, as well as uh, portraits that the family took. But towards the back, there were two pictures of a young woman that Steve Hodel didn't know. Her eyes were cast down. She had curly black hair. And Steve still doesn't know why he had this idea, but as he looked at these pictures... He thought to himself, oh, my God, that's Elizabeth Short. That's the Black Dahlia. Now, he has been on this theory, I guess. He has said this before many times. In fact, he told told People Magazine at one point that his dad, Dr. George Hodel, actually dated Elizabeth Short at one point and then was motivated by jealousy to kill her.
3: He did what he does as a detective. He combed through witness interviews, newspaper archives, filed a Freedom of Information Act to retrieve FBI files on the case and other information the Bureau had collected. And he saw the crime scene photos that showed the details of what was done to the body. Mm. That she was given a hemicorporectomy That is a procedure that slices the body beneath the lumbar spine, the only spot where the body can be severed in half without breaking bone. Now, Steve, Detective Steve, argued that the procedure was taught in the 1930s, the same time period when his father would have been in medical school. About the whole murdering a girl thing, uh, Steve says... Yeah, you know, I knew my dad had some problems. He was sexually obsessed. He'd been married five times, 11 children by five different women. I knew that, but a killer? He says that he had five various independent surgeons that he reached out to talk to. Who said they believed in their opinion that this murder, this mutilation had to have been the work of a surgeon, a skilled doctor.
0: It's just it's the it's a weird way to mutilate a body that I mean, basically cutting her in half, but doing so in that specific area of the spine Um. This is all coming to light now. Obviously, today is the anniversary, like you said, uh, of the body having been found on that vacant lot down in Leimert Park. But there will be a, a podcast that's coming out about this on Fox. I think Fox Radio is putting it together. Also, TNT is premiering a miniseries called I Am the Night later this month. It touches on the Black Dahlia murder. It tells the story of Dr. Hodell's teenage great-niece teaming up with a reporter to search for her birth parents, and they eventually close in on Dr. Hodel.
3: Here's the thing. Um, Police were onto this guy. Um, As as Steve Lopez for the L.A. Times was reading through police transcripts at one point, he found out that this doctor's home had been bugged by the DA's office and that the recordings actually showed Dr. George bragging, saying... Suppose and I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. (laughs) Police did not build their case and arrest George at the time um, because he skipped town with his family. Ended up in the Philippines back in 1950. He lived there for 40 years.
0: Now, there's some other darkness around this doctor that may have allowed him to sort of uh, stay clear of an official connection to the murder. There was some suggestion that maybe he was sort of uh, allowed to get away with this because of this side business that he was running that we'll talk about when we come back. And some of the other information that this detective says points directly to his own father. And by the way, he says, to this day, I love my father. How do you unlove someone who's created you? That part of him I love. Mm. The other monster part, of course... Is a whole different matter.
3: Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty. Gary
6: and Shannon, all
3: the time to keep you my it's one of our favorite times of the day. Actually, your chance at a thousand dollars.
2: KFI has your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword CHANGE to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's CHANGE to 200-200. If you win, they'll give you a call, but you got to
0: answer that phone to pick up $1,000. If you don't win this hour, there's another chance next hour in the 1 o'clock hour all the way through the John and Ken show and into that first hour of the Conway show as well. We're giving away All right. In the middle of this story, this retired LAPD detective, Steve Hodel, says that he thinks his father, Dr. George Hodel, was the one who committed the so-called Black Dahlia murder. He says
3: one of the reasons that he thinks that his father was protected by investigators was that he ran a high-end abortion business. Yeah. He was well educated, he says, on the sexual histories of the Los Angeles elite, including cops and therefore could have used the information as blackmail. They go after him for the murder. He sings like a canary about all the men who have directed their ladies to the abortion center.
0: Right. Uh, Which was funny because this guy uses a term I've never heard before, the, the detective. He said that back in 1940, they would call somebody High Jingo. High Jingo was like an untouchable person for some reason. And dad was exactly that. He was untouchable. He was that go-to guy for the abortions, which, of course, would have been a felony back in 1940.
3: There's another connection to the police that they were able to uncover. Apparently, there was a handwritten letter found last year, actually, By a guy named W. Glenn Martin. Now, W. Glenn Martin was an undercover informant for the LAPD during the 1940s. It was found by his granddaughter in an old box. Uh, She didn't know what the hell it was, so she starts Googling some things and gets directed to this guy, Steve Hodel. W. Glenn Martin wrote down a a three-page letter in 48, a year after... Elizabeth Short's body was found, and this letter was written, they say, because he wanted to protect his teenage daughters at the time. He was worried that they were going to be harmed because he knew too much about the case. He knew too much from police officers about the connection between Dr. George and this murder. So he writes down this letter, and he identifies G.H. as George Hodel, just to be clear.
0: Just not... This one, that one.
3: As the Black Dahlia's killer, as well as the likely suspect in the murder of another woman who was abducted and strangled two years after Elizabeth Schwartz's body was found. A woman by the name of Louise Springer.
0: Now, the thing is, like you said, this just came out last year. This was discovered just in July by the author, again, this undercover informant, the author's granddaughter, Sandy Nichols, because Sandy was going through her late mother's belongings And 62-year-old Sandy Nichols has zero idea about this case that was described by her grandfather in this letter, but quickly goes on the Internet, because that's what you do, and finds information, finds out some of the answers that she's looking for, and finds Dr. Steve – sorry, the detective Steve Hodel, the now-retired Hodel. The letter is included, in fact, in his book. The latest book about this called Black Dahlia Avenger
3: 3. Now, as you found out when you were digging around this morning in our office, more than 100 people have claimed responsibility for the Black Dahlia murder. Uh, When there's a high profile murder like this, and this was probably the most high profile murder uh, ever to hit Los Angeles at that at that time. Um, you're gonna get those people who come out of the woodwork and say I did it. You saw it a lot with Jean Benet Ramsey, right? Right. Just another guy last week came out and said he did it. Um, but not, you know, not everyone agrees with this detective's theory. There was uh, a British lawyer who Fox News interviewed a couple years ago, and she wrote a book, Black Dahlia, Red Rose. And she combed through legal documents from the case, letters, grand jury testimony. She tracked down some of the Last living people with direct knowledge of the events at the time, and she says, based on her findings, it was an ex boyfriend who was a former mortician's assistant who did it
0: again there's there's the medical experience perhaps to deal with the what did you call it the hemi corporectomy. the the story of of detective Hodel saying that it was his father. Has been around for some time. We've talked about that. He's written books about it. But there are some other holes, I guess you could say, in this. Uh, In 2003, if you remember, one of the reasons that he even started thinking this was he was going through one of his father's uh, little uh, photo albums and found these pictures of this unidentified woman in the back. Washington Post a few years ago said that those pictures, one of the pictures, turned out to be a retired actress and was not Elizabeth Short. And then another one still remains in question, but there were also questions about Detective Hodel's accusation against his father because he said it's possible that his father was also the Zodiac killer. In the 40s and 50s.
3: And then you sound kind of. Sorry, 60s and 70s. And then you sound kind of crazy, right? Right. Dad dad killed Elizabeth Short and then went on to commit uh, the only other uh, notorious unsolved crime spree in California history, right? Yeah. He did that in 47 and then was still active in the 60s and 70s.
0: The thing is about cases like this, even up until I would say Golden State Killer, Green River Killer up in uh, the Seattle and Tacoma area, there is a chance that whoever did this, whoever's responsible, has already been investigated by the police department. That's what we've seen in a lot of these cases. And
3: long, 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 long dead.
0: Yes, and long since dead. But in this case, you know, you mentioned the confessions. In the original investigation, the initial investigation into the Black Dahlia murder, 60 people confessed to the murder, 60. And since since 1947, when her body was found... They put that number at about 500. 500 people have confessed to the Black Dolly murder. So who knows? The, I just don't understand the emotional wrestling match that you got to do with your own head to say that your father was the killer or to come to that conclusion and then say to yourself or say out loud even, to this day I love my father. Now Detective Hodel will say... That he he and his father were estranged for some time. Well, and I mean, that's it, and
3: that's the thing. It's so twisted sometimes. Relationships with parents, um, you know, especially when it's a parent that doesn't pay attention to you, and it's a father son relationship. You know, he says my dad was very secretive. We were estranged. It just sounds to me like they were never ever close. And sometimes when you have those relationships. You're going to have a kid that's even more attached to the father and wanting of that love so badly that it's like, I still love my father, even though he killed women. Yeah. You know, it's just it's twisted.
0: And to talk about how he launched the investigation, it wasn't necessarily to learn about to determine whether my father was involved in the most notorious murder in L.A. history. It was I want to find out about this guy who I know is my dad and I'm supposed to love and love him and love his memory but I don't know enough about him. That's yeah. how that in, the whole thing started. And then it's for it to lead down this dark path, is that's uh, got to be hard to deal with.
3: All right. Coming up next, Eric Garcetti making a run for president. Well, that's what it looks like. Every time uh, somebody from LA goes to Iowa and New Hampshire, it's not just for tourism purposes. Um, he's going to face some problems like Hey Eric, why is the FBI sniffing around City Hall? Mm, because more unites us than There's devices.
5: a lot more that unites us than separates us. Yes. We'll dig there's in a, in. a lot more that yeah. unites us than separates us. There's, there's a lot there's a lot more that unites there's a lot more that unites there's a lot more
3: stairs. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about the FBI investigation at City Hall when we come back.
0: Gary and Shannon <laughs> will continue. Oh my. Shannon.
4: Uh
0: The sound is down, but I've been watching the body language in this Senate Judiciary Committee hearing today. They're questioning Attorney General nominee William Barr. And many of the questions have surrounded the Mueller investigation. What what William Barr would do as Attorney General if he were instructed to fire Robert Mueller, for example. And he has said that he would not do that. He has said it's very important for the public to be able to figure out, uh, find out. What the conclusions will be for the Mueller investigation and that he would resign rather than uh, obey an illegal order. Now, he's being interviewed right now or questioned right now by Cory Booker, the senator from New Jersey. And unlike what we saw in the Supreme Court hearings, uh, the Supreme Court confirmation hearings, uh, this the, – the candidate here, in this case, uh, Judge Barr, William Barr, is – just sitting there twiddling his pencil he doesn't seem nervous he's answering questions without emotion maybe he's high he might be
3: because he did say today that he would not go after marijuana companies in states where uh, the pot is legal so maybe he uh smoked some bowls before he uh showed up on capitol hill
0: (laughs) he just seems to be so much more calm
3: hmm uh, That's what weed does to you.
0: But but Cory Booker has been asking him about... Cory uh,
3: Booker, not into pot. N- How do you know? Because I can tell. Oh. Look at those eyes.
0: Which one? Cory Booker's. I know, but which eye? Wow. I'm just saying that there's a little...
3: We're not doing that. We're not going after lazy before. eyes today. I... I know you have a thing about it, and we're not going to do that.
0: Kamala Harris is also... Her questioning is coming up a little bit later. She's farther down the dais, and I wonder if she is going to take the opportunity to make her stand as well to try to garner her, uh, her sizzle reel for her presidential campaign.
3: Well, speaking of presidential campaigns, Eric Garcetti is going to have a rough road for a number of reasons. I think name recognition will be number one. Number two will be you're from Los Angeles, and that doesn't play well in many parts of the country. And number three, oh, right, the FBI has been sniffing around your workplace looking for evidence of bribes, extortion, and money laundering.
0: (laughs) Now, the the FBI, federal investigators, uh, have a search warrant that names a bunch of different political figures, business figures that have been working in downtown L.A. for some time. And among those named are executives of some Chinese companies that have been bankrolling a couple of downtown projects that would put up three new big towers on Figueroa. They're looking for records about L.A. development projects that include other foreign investors, uh, firms with large-scale hotels, residential projects in that downtown area. Now, the, they have not said yet whether the FBI has evidence of criminal activity. And there have been no arrests or charges announced as a result of the investigation. But you remember it wasn't too long ago that Jose Weizar's office was raided by the FBI. And everybody went like this.
3: Huh. I wonder what that's all about. They talked to a political analyst and and former USC professor over at the L.A. Times, a woman by the name of Sherry Bebich Hefe. Mm, Okay. And she says it certainly doesn't help Eric Garcetti to be connected in any way to this FBI investigation. That's idiocy. It allows opponents to reflect on his leadership, his judgment of character. She says, I'm not saying it's right, but it can happen. I mean, I can see the ad right now. If somebody wanted to spend money to target Eric Gerson. Right, if you
0: wanted to borrow a couple grand.
3: yeah. Well, first of all, I don't think he's going to be worth spending money to to oppose. Um, But let's just say you you wanted to. Yeah. You can see the image of City Hall, you can see on the the television screen, then you can see um, B-roll of FBI agents running towards, uh, you know, an office door. And what is Eric Garcetti, what kind of operation is Eric Garcetti running in L.A.? And then you see cut to the gridlock, cut to uh, the teacher strike, cut to Skid Row. You know, I mean, it's terrible. It's, it's, It's not good for him, what's going on in Los Angeles right now, if he wants to Seek higher office, let let alone the highest office in the land.
0: Yeah, I, I would be hard pressed to see this being ignored by other potential Democratic candidates. This would be this would be target number one. Yeah. Oh, and then target number two is homelessness in L.A., which is rampant. Just just throw up the word typhus. And then after that, you've got a teacher strike, which is now dragging into its second day.
3: Did you just hear me say that?
0: the teacher strike
3: and the homelessness thing? Yes. Okay.
0: But I'm saying it if you were to, if you were to put together a string of perhaps a, a a a trilogy of political commercials then we've we the right themselves I think.
3: I just said that part too. I said I said we could show the the teacher strike and then cut to the homeless and then cut to the traffic.
0: Oh, I didn't say traffic. Okay, you did. <laughs> Why would I say traffic? <laughs> There's a couple of people specifically who are close to Garcetti that could be in trouble. Ray Chan, former former deputy mayor of economic development, current public works commissioner, Joel Jacinto, a Garcetti appointee, were both named in a warrant, which is looking for records from a Gmail account that was used by Ray Chan. So before that, Chan was actually uh, under Garcetti as the head of the Department of Building and Safety, which oversees permitting and inspections for development projects. So. It's it's clear that this would be – there's no allegation yet that Eric Garcetti was pulling strings or anything like that. No, but not when, connected at all. But when you stand up there and talk about how you have a zero tolerance for uneth- unethical behavior at City Hall, and then some of the guys that you tap, some of the guys that you tout as proven leaders with proven records, end up on the receiving end of a search warrant, then – The
3: optics are not good, especially when they're looking into specifically real estate in Los Angeles. And we are sitting on the very powerful board that deals in signing off on those deals, you know, and and to think that the mayor wouldn't have any information about those kinds of deals being made. It would be hard to understand that being reality.
6: Yeah.
0: I mean,
3: of course, he's in the loop.
0: This is just another one of those things where someone has taken yet another little block out of Eric Garcetti's Jenga-like presidential aspirations, and it's going to fall very quickly.
3: I like that. That was a good analogy. Thank you. yeah I could do something right. Great minds. You know, we have the same idea for the ad. It's good. They should hire us to do the attack ads. Okay. All right. Coming up next. Problems at UC Irvine. We'll tell you all about it when we come back. Gary Shannon will continue.
6: Oh, Ophelia, you've been on my mind, girl, since the flood. Oh, Ophelia,
2: heaven help a fool falls in love.
3: People are already losing their minds over the story we're going to talk about coming up in the one o'clock hour. Reusable toilet paper—it's a thing.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. I don't think it is. Not in our world. <laughs> not in our world. It's not. Uh, we uh, again have been watching the ongoing Senate Judiciary Committee hearing with William Barr, the man nominated to take over the Justice Department as Attorney General. And uh, again, just in terms of the body language, this was uh, a very different time, uh, d- different hearing we saw from the Supreme Court nomination hearing a few months ago, um, just William Barr seems like he's been through this before a million times. Does he like beer? Nothing is going to rile him. He may. kind of looks like it. He looks like John Candy in a different time. Um, uh, so. He
3: looks like half a John Candy.
0: Well, John Candy's that. lost some weight.
3: John Candy's dead.
0: Not John Candy. John... John Goodman. Oh,
3: okay. John Goodman. Okay. Yeah. Very different. Well, to be honest, John
0: Candy has lost a lot of weight from when he was alive. I mean, if you want to get specific, you you don't always have to tell me I'm wrong. I think
3: you can go home now. I think you're done for the day. Yes!
0: I'm going to go to an L.A. Unified school.
3: Okay. All right. Uh, Unfortunately, we've got another story about a fraternity member locally this time at UC Irvine, who has died after going to an off-campus party. This was the SAE fraternity at UC Irvine, and it is now suspended as a police investigation begins. This was Saturday morning that the kid died at this off-campus home. 18-year-old Noah Domingo from La Crescenta followed his big sister to UC Irvine, joined a fraternity like she had joined a sorority before him and now the parents obviously wondering could this have been prevented they don't have the tox the toxicology reports back or anything like that they don't know what the official cause of death is but they think it's from over drinking
6: yeah
0: i mean the unfortunate part about it is that's the conclusion that you can come to very quickly in a lot of these cases where he had been at a party uh, it was 3.30 in the morning when the 911 call was out for somebody who wasn't responsive. And you immediately look at the host of the party. Now, I'm not certain if it is, in fact, SAE, the Sigma Alpha Epsilon uh, fraternity that was hosting the party. But he had been initiated as a member of sig at, according to the national chapter. Um, they put out a statement, the the national uh, the national fraternity put out a statement that said, we're heartbroken by the death of our brother. Thoughts and prayers are with his family and friends. We appreciate the support the university and its staff have provided the students, two students, in this difficult time. I looked at the Sigma Alpha Epsilon national website. It talks about all the different chapters all over the country and different places and, you know, brotherhood discounts for whatever. I, I'm not a fan of fraternities in in almost any sense of the word. And nowhere on their page does it talk about um, their alcohol policy, which I think...
3: SAE's had problems in the past, too.
6: Yeah.
0: I
3: I believe that this fraternity has been connected to a handful of... um, Maybe not a handful, but I know at least of a couple other instances that were stories that you and I talked about that had risen to the level of media attention. Dale Namingo is the father, Noah's father, and he says he received a call Saturday morning asking him to drive to the campus. He sees police officers and what appears to be a crime scene, and Dale says, I already knew. I already knew my son was gone. Noah played basketball and football all four years at Crescenta Valley High, graduated in the spring, the youngest of three siblings was trying to pursue a career in sports medicine for basketball players. Dad says he was probably one of the sweetest kids, one of the nicest kids, willing to help out with anything. Brianna is his sister that he followed to UC Irvine, so she helped her younger brother adjust to life there. Uh, he did sometimes struggle to juggle his homework and the demands of that fraternity.
0: Another reason not to join a fraternity in your first year.
3: She said even last week, the beginning of second quarter of classes, her brother was studying hard to get ahead. It was also rush week, fraternity's winter rush, activity scheduled throughout the week to recruit members.
0: Here's, um, uh, here's a page from the Sigma Alpha Epsilon health and safety book called Minerva's Shield. I don't know who Minerva is. The possession, use, and or consumption of alcoholic beverages must be in compliance with any and all applicable federal, state, city laws, and university regulations. Um, slush funds, passing hat, any collection of money from brothers to pay for alcohol is prohibited. The sale of alcohol directly through the chapter to any individual is prohibited. Alcohol above 15% ABV or 30 proof of any variety is prohibited at any SAE event or fraternity-related facility or property. And no fraternity events that include alcohol shall occur during the seven calendar days following the start of each academic year, the five calendar days preceding final exams. There are some specific events. Recruitment events must be dry. Um, member education activities must be dry. Every chapter must include alcohol awareness in its member education programming each semester. So, if uh, if nothing else, the chapter could be on uh, on the hook for breaking its own its own rules when it comes to alcohol consumption at its parties. If in fact it was. Uh, the fraternity that was furnishing the liquor—it's
3: just going to make uh, everybody sick if it comes down to another one of those stories, like out of um, was it Penn State? Yeah, uh, where where the it was one of those nights of all the the fr- frat brothers drinking, and they saw that this kid um, was was struggling, was not in a good place, and they didn't want to get caught, so nobody called the cops, nobody phoned it in, nobody said hey. He may have had too much, and and then it became too late. Timothy Piazza.
0: All right. When we come back, we're going to get into our uh, trending stories. Also, next hour, we're going to talk about today being the anniversary, the 10th anniversary of the miracle on the Hudson. Ten years That's ago.
3: That's insane. I was eating
0: at a restaurant down by the airport, actually.
3: Was that the restaurant where we developed the iHeartRadio app?
0: Was it the restaurant we developed the I, I
3: don't think so. No. I don't think so.
0: But I was there with my wife, and I remember seeing that on TV. And Chris Little called me and said, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm watching TV.
3: And he said, I want you to go man a plane and land it on the...
0: He's like, what do you think the chances are of uh, me putting you in a 757 and landing it on a river somewhere? (laughs) Uh, Not good. It's already been done, obviously.
3: Did I ever tell you about the time Chris Little wanted to fly me to Catalina, which was on fire at the time? (laughs) Yes,
0: I got an idea. I got an idea. I'm gonna put you on a plane, I'm gonna land you on an island that's on fire and has no great exit routes. <laughs> Pack your boots.
3: Uh we'll talk shredding when we come back.
6: Hey, where's another train? Copy and so.
3: It is Tuesday, which means Neil Saavedra will come in at about one thirty for Tasty Tuesday.
0: We have uh, been telling you that we're keeping our eyes on this story out of Citrus College. There was an alert that went out on the Citrus College uh, Twitter feed just a few minutes ago that said that Citrus College remains on lockdown, not a drill. They uh, put a timestamp on it of 11.54. And as you heard Monica say, there was a report of... Potentially someone on the uh, uh, on the campus there that was an active shooter, but no reports actually of any gunshots or anything like that. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that and see what comes of it. No, you you weren't going to say what else is going to go. You you said you're going to say something else. You're going to say something like,
2: "Hey,
3: let's check.
0: Let's check in on what's trending."
3: No, I was going to say, "Let's talk trending." That's what it is.
2: Time for what's happening. And you got to do your like. Do your
0: shoulders like that and Go. go, hey, let's, let's talk trendy.
3: Why? You don't have to. Okay. Uh, no, that's cool. That's cool. All good. Netflix raising its prices for 58 million subscribers, $13 per month from 11. What? I think it's well worth it. Of course it is. God, it's like crack, isn't it? <laughs> I'd pay a, probably a lot of money. My
0: dad uh, went to go see The Aquaman. Uh, Uh with with my mom the
3: other night. Yes.
0: You know how much damn money it costs to go see a movie these
3: days? It's insane.
0: Even a senior is $9.25. And
3: then... When they put in they they when they put in a theater where, where they serve you drinks mm-hmm. and food in your yeah. seats and everything, yeah. and you go to get like the large popcorn that you have known to come and love your entire life, sure. they don't have that anymore. They have like a plate of popcorn that's not near as much as the large, right. but they still charge you the same cost of the large. Oh,
0: don't start him. And
3: it's not refillable.
0: Dad gets mad. Hey, Dad, did you pick up any popcorn? Hell no eighteen dollars and fifty cents to sit in their seat and watch that damn movie? It was Superman underwater. It would have been another thirty bucks for popcorn.
3: That's great. <laughs> I've met your father, and that is not him. You want to bet? I, I didn't. He did not. He did not speak that way when I met him.
0: Barry, you like hot things? Try this. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so I told him he should get Netflix. That was the whole point of that. Fourth time that Netflix has raised its U.S. prices. The last price hike came a couple of years ago, but it's the first time that higher <laughs> prices are going to hit all 58 million U.S. customers.
3: You like hot things?
0: <laughs> you think I'm kidding? Did I tell you about the hot sauce? So,
3: oh, yeah, So yeah, he yeah. made
0: hot sauce yeah. uh, over Christmas, and then my, my daughter inadvertently broke the bottle on the floor. And my sister and I were on our hands and knees wiping up this little broken bottle of this pepper <laughs> That turned pepper spray basically. Like we were weeping for an hour after we wiped this stuff up. Yeah. I still haven't tried that hot sauce.
3: Carol Channing has died. Of course, oh. Broadway actress. Hello, Dolly. 97 years old. She
0: won the Tony Award back in 1964. I didn't even realize that. Uh, best uh, nominated for Best Actress in a Musical three other times, including The Vamp in 1956. Showgirl in 61 and then Lorelei in 1974. A bunch of different movies as well. I'll be honest. I wasn't sure she was still around. But you'll love this. She was the first Super Bowl repeat performer.
3: Oh, interesting. Yes, because that's a good Jeopardy question. She, she uh she was the first solo
0: act to appear during the halftime show, Super Bowl four, in nineteen seventy. And then showed up two years later, because up to that point it was like the Up With People group or the University of Alabama marching band that would do the halftime shows at the Super Bowls.
3: Well, it looks like uh, mother is missing from—is it Ennis or Ennis Morgan? I think it's Ennis. Okay, Ennis. There's an Ennis in Ireland as well. Maybe that's how they stayed there. Yes, I think I think it's Ennis. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. This is a mother who's been missing for 10 days, and everyone says this is not somebody who would just up and leave. She was last seen January 5th about 5 p.m., and she has a daughter who's seven, and she works at Chili's, and they don't know where the heck she is. She left to go have pizza and a movie with a coworker, and then she just didn't come home. The father of the of the little girl's been driving around with uh, with this woman's brother, searching for any sign of her. And he says, "I cannot ever imagine her wanting to be away from her child willingly."
0: The father of the child has been driving around looking for the mother, saying, "Right, huh?
3: Please tell me you're kidding." I'm kidding. Okay,
0: (laughs) that was just for you. No one
3: else got that.
0: That was just for you. Uh,
3: I I I just legitimately got concerned that there was a health problem. (laughs) Did you hear about this angry Eagles fan? Did you hear about the Eagles fan?
0: Are we do Oh, that's what we're doing. This um, was a this was a fun trending story. Only fun because uh because we know Eagles fans who are capable of doing it Like
3: this. Chris and Carlo. Well,
0: I wouldn't say that he would. We're win.
3: not going to name names, but <laughs> we were. I love this story because it's uh a woman who's losing her mind at a best western hotel over at her girlfriend. Over the Eagles losing. And I got to tell you, working those games this year and last year, Mm -hmm. when you look into the stands, more often than not, it's women losing their minds. It's women in fights. Women have gotten crazy when it comes to the NFL. I know. I'm looking in a mirror right now. Okay, just
0: making sure. I'm just saying
3: It was I wasn't alone, you know,
0: the the Eagles playoff loss. I don't know if this is exactly when the pass went through, uh, went through what's his face's hands at the end of the game or not. But but Kirsten
3: Jeffrey. Thank
0: you. Kirsten Gaskins began to push her, uh, push the girlfriend. The girlfriend pushed back so she'd get away. Uh, Kirsten pushed her hard enough to knock her down when she was on the floor, got on top of her, start hitting her in the face. At one point. Kirsten told the woman that if she left the room, she was going to kill the dog in the room with them.
3: With a microwave.
0: Yeah, by putting the dog in the microwave.
3: Football can do strange things to you.
0: By the way, white Pomeranian.
3: Don't say it. I know what you're going to say.
7: That's what
3: was I going to say?
0: Have you ever put a marshmallow <laughs> in the
3: microwave? <laughs> okay. That's mean. <laughs> I've got a great animal story to tell you. Okay. Uh in fact, I think I know how this happened. There was a rare calico lobster that has been spared from a seafood market in Maryland. And I think I know who s- who saved this lobster. And I think it's Christine Loffitt from the Lobby Joe Foundation.
1: Hello there, Shannon. It's very nice with you again
3: christine the last time we had you on we were making fun of you because you saved a lobster from from some place in new england because you wanted to send uh, i believe the lobster's name was lobby joe you wanted to send lobby joe home
1: well yes he was in a restaurant or he was in a, a grocery store i think you call them markets and i had to save lobby joe because crustaceans have brain stems much like you do you know you have a little part of your lobster brain that controls very
3: uh,
1: simple parts of your brain.
3: Christine, I don't need a science lesson from your crazy ass. Did you save this lobster?
1: I can neither confirm nor deny that I have saved the lobster, but I will say that the Lobby Joe Foundation was dedicated to the purpose of saving all crustaceans from boiling pots at any point in the future.
3: Are you saving one lobster at a time for, the, for the, what,
1: that march that you had planned? Oh, well, the Million Lobster March that would be such a great idea. I don't think I've uh, – the point isn't necessarily for the lobsters to march with us because they would slow us down quite a bit. But I would love it if we could just dream up a plan for a million lobsters to march on something somewhere. That would be a beautiful moment. Good
3: t- hearing from you, Christy. No,
1: it's better hearing from you. And By the way, last time I was on the air with you is when we did a Christmas carol.
3: Oh, that's right. That's right. It's okay. See you again real soon. I love you. (laughs) All right. Coming up next, it has been ten years since the miracle on the Hudson. That could have gone another way, man. That could have gone another way.
0: We'll talk about Sully uh, and how he is able to transport his big brass ones uh, around the country these days. Wow. Yeah. Testicular fortitude. Right there. Gary and Shannon will continue. And a thousand bucks to give away. We'll tell you how you can win it.
3: Know
6: your name. Yeah. You with your blood, yeah.
0: Gary and Shannon, Tuesday, it's January 15th. Your chance to win a thousand
2: dollars right now. KFI has your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword COFFEE to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's COFFEE to 200-200. If you win, they will give you a call, but
0: you got to answer the phone to pick up that $1,000. We have another chance an hour from now. and. Basically, every hour through the first hour of the Conway Show, starting at 5 in the morning through 6.20 at night, Monday through Friday, we're giving away a $1,000. bucks.
3: 10 years ago was when that U.S. Airways jet suddenly plunged from the sky and toward the icy Hudson.
0: This it, was, <laughs> do you remember where you were when you saw this? I mean, we assume you were here, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Since uh, I was working
0: early, I was out before I that. think
3: I, I probably would have been out in the field.
0: I just remember seeing it on TV and not believing what I was seeing because I right. was seeing it without hearing what was going on. And it just even seeing the caption, the plane went down into the Hudson River and was still floating? Come on, that doesn't happen. Does it? Or it did?
3: Eric Stevenson was one of the 153 passengers and crew members aboard that flight 1549 when the plane headed for North Carolina, Airbus A320 struck a flock of geese Engines erupted into flames and the jet began falling. Eric says he thought about his mother, his sister, his friends. He wrote them a goodbye note. Panic ensued. People were bracing for impact. He says people were pulling out their cell phones, trying to call their loved ones as we were going down, leaving last messages. He says his cell phone was in the bin overhead. So as they're going down, he says he was thinking, well, these are the last seconds. He says he pulled out a business card and he wrote on the back of the business card. I wrote to my family, to my mom and sister. I love you. I knew this would be the last thing I was doing. And I shoved it into my pocket because I thought if the aircraft exploded, at least it would be near my body. And they knew I was thinking of them as we were going down. Oh, my gosh. Just...
0: I'm always amazed at the time – I mean, the time when we say, you know, it was 90 seconds from the point of the bird strike to the point that they touched down. I don't remember how long it was, but 90 seconds, two minutes, even if it's that long. And when you think about it, you say it, it doesn't seem like very much you're on the road for 90 minutes and, you know, in traffic this afternoon. Just take two minutes and think to yourself, I'm in an airplane, and boom, I just felt the whole plane shudder, and I look outside and I realize that engine's gone And the people on the other side of the airplane are saying that that engine is gone. Now I've got 90 seconds to not crap myself.
3: And uh, how quickly it would go down to reach reach the water in 90 seconds. That's a fast descent. Well, Captain Chesley Sully Sullenberger and co-pilot Jeff Skiles thought of a way to save themselves and everybody else by pulling off one of the most... Crazy emergency landings in our country's history. Deciding to steer the plane into the cold, choppy waters off the Hudson River. Now, I'll never forget the, the sound of of him saying, we're going to be in the Hudson.
0: Yeah, it's calm as could be. Right. And listen, in the moment, there's no way that Chesley Sullenberger thought this stuff. But he was interviewed uh, talking about where we were as a country at the time. Now, again, he had no time to think about this in the moment. I think at a time when we all needed it,
7: it gave us hope. And so I think being the stewards of this story and and a part of this living history, I think is what gives us a purpose, too.
0: I mean, he's talking about the financial meltdown of 08 and 09. Yeah. Is that... He's not thinking about the stock market. He's not thinking about his 401k having been liquidated in the financial crisis. He's not thinking about... uh, Uh, junk mortgages at that he's thinking about I don't want to die
3: this isn't the first time that the captain and other people uh, that were on board have reconnected Uh, Barry Leonard was on that plane as well he said we have a party in New York a reunion party every year we've been doing that every single year we get different number of people that come to it (laughs) that's so cool
0: well and I wonder if there's a if there's You know, there's 153 passengers on and crew on board. I wonder if there's ever a point where somebody walks in, they're like, "Oh yeah, I was on board. Don't you remember me? I was in, you know,
3: I was in 28D. Yeah, first year I've been able to make it.
0: (laughs) That's like uh, nobody voted for Nixon, even though. Well, that's stupid comparison. All right, it's time to go.
3: (laughs) Coming up next, Swamp Watch. Listen, you've got vacation coming up. You're excited. Maybe a little distracted. There's nothing wrong with that. We all go through it.
0: Okay. Okay? I was more distracted by the Brexit thing today, but.
3: Really? (laughs) That's baloney. That's a bunch of poppycock. Stuff's getting crazy across the pond
0: brexit thing uh blew up in her face didn't it
3: yeah it looks like uh britain's parliament's going to hold a no confidence vote in the government the uh, brexit divorce deal crushed by lawmakers
0: one of those uh (laughs) great theatrical displays of politics in uh in london where in the house of commons they were just I'm uh, blah, 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 blah. screaming and yelling and blah, 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 blah. I love it. So wonderful. Uh, a lot of rain coming in. The, uh, the valley is really getting it. I don't think it's raining. Out here Barely raining here in Burbank, but in a couple of different places uh, to the west of us, it's really starting to come down. Ventura has been underneath it for a couple of hours now, and uh, we are going to see significant rainfall today. Also, tomorrow into Thursday is another storm that's expected to be the largest of these storms that are rolling through this week. So they've already posted significant warnings, uh, evacuation warnings, and just general heads up for anybody living in the burn areas, the burn scar areas around Southern California.
3: Coming up in about an hour, Neil Savager joins us for Tasty Tuesdays. But right now, we talk Washington. <laughs>
5: Drain the swamp. We're gonna drain the swamp of Washington. We're gonna have fun doing it. We're all doing it together.
6: Swamp launch.
3: I think it's funny that the White House continues to try to drive a wedge in between Democrats and Washington. Inviting a group of them to the White House for lunch today, hoping to get them on board with the deal to fund the $5.7 billion wall. I, they rejected the, the invitation. I just don't know why the White House would have confidence in that kind of move.
0: Well, you got to try something. I mean, yeah. throw something against the, the wall. Sorry. Throw something against the barrier and see if it sticks. Um I, but I don't know where it's going to go. We're, what, day 25, is it, of the it go- partial government shutdown?
3: Invited a bunch of, like, first-year yeah. uh, first members.
0: Well, I think maybe part of that was the expectation that if you're a first-year member, you're a freshman, you've never been to the White House before. Uh, maybe uh-huh. you get to impress somebody with it, but, you know, it hasn't worked out. Uh, I think Sarah Sanders said that there would be some Republicans who did go to this luncheon today to talk more with the president. But they're already in agreement. They already have uh, their side figured out.
3: There was a bipartisan group of senators that met yesterday. We told you about that to find a way out of this uh, this government shutdown. But they did not come to a consensus. And now no new meetings have been scheduled. We don't even know if this group of people is ever going to meet again because there was there were no results that came from it. Both the House and Senate have canceled recesses that have been scheduled for the next week, saying that they're going to stay and work through the shutdown.
0: Big headline from today from D.C. was that William Barr is in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee answering questions about his nomination um, to become the next attorney general, or I should say, in his case, attorney general again. And one of the questions is, one of the lines of questioning is about whether or not he would step in and interfere at all in some way with the Robert Mueller investigation. And what he said was, listen, I, as the attorney general, would never allow anybody to to bully me into making a decision about Robert Mueller or that investigation. I
2: am not going to do anything. That I think is wrong and I will not be bullied into doing anything I think is wrong by anybody, whether it be editorial boards or Congress or the president. I'm going to do what I think is right.
0: Uh, He when he was working in the Justice Department for a time was actually Robert Mueller's boss earlier in his career. And like I said before, this would be his second stint as attorney general. He was attorney general under uh, George W. Bush for some time. Now, in terms of what it would take for him to fire Robert Mueller. If the president directed you to change those regulations and then fire Mueller
5: or simply directly fired Mueller, uh, would you follow Richardson's example and resign instead? Uh,
2: Assuming there was no good cause. Assuming no good cause. Uh, I I would not uh, carry out that instruction.
0: Now, that was the main line
2: of questioning, like I said,
0: about whether or not he was going to interfere with the Mueller investigation. One of the interviews that Rudy Giuliani gave recently, I believe it was to TheHill.com, Giuliani now acting as the president's personal attorney. He suggested that the president would be allowed to or the president's legal team would be allowed to correct the final Mueller report whenever it comes out. His quote was, as a matter of fairness, they have to show it to you so we can correct it if they're wrong. They're not God, after all. They could be wrong. That's what Rudy Giuliani said. And when asked about that today, the nominee, William Barr, said, no, the president is not allowed to cor- correct any final report on the Russia investigation. That will not happen. Now, that doesn't mean that the White House couldn't put out a statement that contradicts some of the stuff or is sort of an a, a rebuts some of the conclusions that are made in the Mueller investigation. But he's saying we're not going to let the president cross things out with a red pen or correct it or anything like
3: that. My favorite story out of Washington in the past 24 hours has been the celebration of the Clemson Tigers at the White House. Of course, they won the national football, uh, national college football championship, just hammered Alabama. And it's the traditional meeting with the president. A team goes to the White House and they go to the state dining room for a meal and silver platters everywhere. Um, This meal was made up of fast food from various national chains. Um, the, The White House spokesperson, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, says that much of the resident staff at the White House is furloughed. So the president personally paid for the event to be catered. So he personally paid for all of this fast food. And he's super proud of it, by the way. He's standing in front of the food. He's gesturing to it. He's saying that there's, you know, 300 burgers there, uh, salads, chicken nuggets uh, on a separate table under a heat lamp, fries, and and pizzas. And they said it was about $3,000 he spent.
0: Heat lamp pizza. Mm.
3: (laughs) Pizza's pizza. I'll eat a heat lamp pizza.
0: No, you wouldn't. i would provide I would. Sure slap I would. It out. I'd slap it out of your hand.
3: I'm pretty sure I would. Uh,
0: everybody basically from the South Carolina congressional delegation was there. The Treasury Secretary was there. Uh, the acting attorney general was there. All of these people were there to meet uh, and greet the uh, the Clemson football team.
3: They might be back there next year to greet that same team. Of course same they team. will.
0: Come on. It's Those either kids Clemson are like or Alabama. Uh, all right, we come back. The House did a very interesting thing today uh, to – pass a resolution that stopped short of censuring Steve King the congressman from Iowa but they, they they made a very clear point about his comments about white nationalism we'll talk about that when we come back
3: Gary and Shannon KFI AM 640 Waterloo.
0: Gary and Shannon, top of the hour, Alex Stone is going to join us. He's, uh, he's stuck out in the rain, sorry. And I apologize to him and to anybody else who has to work through this, but it's going to get pretty heavy here in the next few hours uh, throughout L.A., into Orange County as well. It's already been raining very hard in parts of uh, Ventura County today, and we're seeing it move across Southern California. This is the second of what will be three storms before things start to dry out a bit over the weekend.
3: Hey, I've got a DVR alert. Do people still say that? DVR,
0: We can institute it if you'd like.
3: I don't want to sound dated.
0: Oh, well, what? of course. It, <laughs> what you do you say, Monica?
3: I don't have cable, so how, I don't have DVR. Oh, that's right.
0: How, a, how about a anymore. record alert? Uh, is that what? How what about
3: just it? a TV alert? There you go. Ah, yep. Good. I love it. That's a good one. You and I are going to be on the television this weekend.
0: Yes. <gasps>
3: together. Right. <gasps> yes. NBC4 yeah. going Rogan. Gary yeah. and I.
0: Wearing a tie.
3: Yeah, you got to wear a tie. I don't What's gotta. Gary
0: about? They told me I don't gotta.
3: Uh, everybody does.
0: What's God. Gary going to talk about?
3: Blake, that is not nice.
0: I was gonna, Gary is, I, is very Is he talking about fantasy camp? Is he talking about baseball trades? We're going to cover
3: all sorts of Los <laughs> Angeles sporting news just like every week. Just asking a question. He's going to kick everyone, your ass, Blake.
0: Everyone knows... What you provide on the television, but people aren't used to seeing Gary. So I'm just trying to build a little tease, try to get the anticipation up. Are you suggesting that you and I don't talk sports? No, we do. Okay. But the rest of the world. I don't get paid for it like she does. Is Is that... that what you're saying? Yes. And I was wondering if there was a reason, but it seems like there's not. It seems like they're just missing out.
3: So, Representative Steve King uh, has been removed from committees. Way to
0: go, Shan!
3: All Way go. over this uh, <laughs> white supremacist fiasco.
0: Yeah, if you remember his comments to the New York Times, uh, the quote he was asking, um, you know, white supremacy, white nationalism, Western civilization. When did these becomes When did these become bad terms? Basically, when did they become? Loaded with racism. Uh, he went on to, according to Steve King, he went on to say, you know, I used to be taught, you know, that these were good, positive things in school. And what he was referring to, he said, was the Western civilization part. Not that he endorses white nationalism or racism or white supremacy or anything like that. In fact, he said as much on the floor of the House. Well, today, they went uh, they went farther than just removing his uh, him from the committee's. They voted 400, where's that note? 424 to 1 for a resolution today condemning white nationalism, white supremacy. Now, the text of the resolution says that the House once again rejects white nationalism, white supremacy as hateful expressions of intolerance that are contradictory to the values that define the people of the United States. There was one person who voted against it. And why, you may ask? Well, Bobby Rush, a Democrat congressman from Illinois, said that this was too soft. He said he voted against this resolution because he said, uh, yes, I do strongly condemn white supremacy and white nationalism, but anything short of a censure is shallow. In fact, Steve King even voted in favor of this resolution, saying, I agree with the language in it. He may not agree with the purpose of it, which was basically to slap Steve King um, We'll see where it goes. Kevin McCarthy, by the way, the House Minority Leader, talked about it. This
2: country is created that all men and women are created equal. There is no room for white supremacy. That's why I took a strong action. There you go.
3: Uh, did you hear about the hernia surgery? Yeah.
0: Rand Paul, right?
3: Yeah. This is stemming from that fight with the neighbor and the lawnmower. Was there Still? a lawnmower involved?
0: Yeah, he got knocked off the lawn. Rand Paul was on the lawnmower, got knocked off the lawnmower.
3: Yeah, so apparently he has uh, a hernia stemming from that fight, that he's going to go get repaired in Canada.
0: Oh, this must be this must be at Shouldice Hospital.
3: Oh, the best hospital. Well, yes, for I mean when you're when you're talking about repair. exactly,
0: and everybody knows that it's a private, world-renowned hospital, separate from any system. People come from around the world to pay cash for their services, according to Rand Paul's spokeswoman, Kelsey Cooper.
3: In other neighbor news, Michael Flynn and Sean Spicer have become neighbors in Rhode Island. Yep, Sean Spicer's bought a house in Rhode Island, and that is his new neighbor, Michael Flynn, former national security advisor. Well, I'm – it's a very nice community because remember all the people that rallied around Flynn when he was in trouble with the law? Oh, that's right. And they raised money for him and everything. They Sean Spicer's like, I'd like some cash. I'd like to live there
0: <laughs> in case I get caught doing something stupid. Uh, all right. Well, that's good. Maybe they, have, uh, maybe they have good holiday parties in that neighborhood. Who knows? When we come back, an update on our rainstorm. see how things are going in those burn areas. Also, uh, the issue of reusable toilet paper. It's a
3: thing. (laughs) It is a thing. There are pictures and everything. There's different patterns you can pick out. 2019.
1: Oh, that smelled so good.
0: Carrie and Shannon, you heard Monica mention that uh, Azusa Pacific University now has a shelter in place warning with the campus on lockdown the uh, tweet from azusa pacific says if you are on campus please remain where you are if off campus please stay away from azusa pacific university the glendora police department investigating a threat at citrus college our understanding from some sources is that there was a threat called into citrus college and they were basically uh, out of an abundance of caution putting that campus on lockdown but No reports of actual gunshots or any gunfire anything like that. Just a threat against the college. And that's what prompted the original closure, the original lockdown at Citrus College and now also at Azusa Pacific.
3: Well, we've got some mandatory evacuation orders up because of another round of heavy rain. Moving into the area, Alex Stone is covering this for us, joins us now. Alex, which areas are the problem spots?
5: Uh, Well, we're looking at uh, Burbank is one of them, and that's where I am right now on the Glendale-Burbank line because of Country Club Drive, which every time it rains since the Latuna fire in 2017, that there have been concerns. And remember the image of that Prius that was being carried down last year, down uh, Country Club Drive in the the muddy debris flow. Well, there's concern that that's going to happen again. So uh, there are evacuation orders uh, that went into place at noon about an hour and five minutes ago. Uh, on Country Club Drive. The uh, other issues being Encino on Boris Drive. That's where that wall of mud went into a property last night. Nobody was injured. I was a kind of a, a back house, a guest house that had most of the damage. But there are some voluntary evacuation orders around there out of concern that there could be more mud flow today. And then Malibu. That's the big area. Paradise Cove, the, the restaurant that many of us know, Malibu Lake. Uh, Escondido, old chimney areas of uh, the Woolsey Fire of the Malibu area, and then up in Santa Barbara uh, as well around the the Montecito area where we saw the mud flow yesterday. Most of this is being cautious, and there was some mud flow yesterday, but it's out of concern of what we're going to see tonight. Are we
0: going to see, I mean, you mentioned these these, uh, evacuations. Do you think that this is going to spread? Are we going to see many more evacuations because... This storm today is only the second of what we expect will be three storms before Friday.
5: Yeah, we may, uh, although it feels like that they have pretty much covered everything that burned recently. That we're seeing the Woolsey Fire, the Thomas Fire, the Latuna Fire, uh, that, uh, that there's not a whole lot left unless the, the mudslides were to begin uh, coming in, in much wider areas than, than what they're evacuating right now. That they're being very cautious right now. Uh, They they have big areas, relatively big areas that are being evacuated just to prevent anything like what we saw in Montecito last year, that uh, you had a situation where so many people were trapped. Uh, There were those who were killed. People couldn't get out for quite a while. They don't want that to happen again. So being uh, just as a precaution, they're they're getting these areas out. They're making sure that they're out before the heavy rainfalls right here uh, on the, the Glendale Burbank line. It's sprinkling right now. There's not a lot of rainfall. The the ground is pretty dry. It's been that way all morning. This is kind of that downtime. That's why many of the evacuation orders went into place at noon today, some of them at 8 o'clock this morning, to to give people time. But now they're saying, okay, tonight is going to be heavy, overnight tonight into tomorrow. But if you live in one of these areas, go ahead and get out because you don't want what happened in Montecito to, to happen to your area.
3: All right, Alex. Thank you. Appreciate the update. Don't tell me you got it. Thanks, guys. Stay dry. Thank
0: you. You're welcome.
3: (laughs) Come on.
0: Well, we gotta fill that in there.
3: Hey, I wanted to get a a update on what's going on in Glendora. Of course, a police investigation at Citrus College. Now, APU is on lockdown. Jennifer Jones Lee is uh, there reporting on this for us and joins us now. Jennifer, what do you know?
4: Well, uh, I just went to the campus at Citrus College. I was kind of one of the last people who happened to get on campus before campus security put yellow tape up over all of the entrances. That school is eerie right now. Normally it is bustling, but right now it is quiet as a mouse. All of the classrooms are dark. The kids have been told to shelter in place, the school's totally locked down if anybody is spotted walking around on campus it was just one cop and i were who were in the parking lot if he saw anybody walking across man he was on him he was asking them what they were doing giving them the information and basically telling them to get the heck out of there although i didn't get any other information other than that police officer told me we're looking for somebody and said that's all i can tell you so we've heard everything from we're looking for somebody to the kids who were told i talked to a number of students who said that they were told that either an email threat or a phone threat came into school about a possible active shooter, and that's what their friends were, you know, that was the rumor mill anyway at that point. Now, just a few minutes ago, they also put down Azusa Pacific on lockdown, which is not a surprise, though. I mean, these two schools share a football field. They are right right on the same piece of property, just butted up right one against the other one. So kids are milling about on the outside of school, but there is not anybody walking around on the inside of the school. You've got helicopters overhead, cops surrounding the place. More and more are starting to show up. At first, it was just a few Glendora police officers and Azusa police officers. But now it's really starting to fill up with cops all over Glendora in this area.
3: And I'm assuming they're going uh, into the classrooms, too, to just kind of make sure all is clear there. Some pictures on Twitter of students. Uh, flashing thumbs-up signs and peace signs in what appear to be dark in classrooms.
4: You know what? I couldn't see anybody from my vantage point, but I do know that officers were watching this really, really closely to make sure that if there was any movement, they knew exactly what that movement was. And what's so interesting about these two particular campuses is a very quiet area. The kids all sort of walk to school or are bused in the area or live right around here. So that as far as the community goes, everybody and their uncle who lives in Azusa and Glendora and in this area is standing outside talking to neighbors, sharing the story. I mean, <laughs> it's funny. I had one person tell me, nobody's getting in or out of this area if we don't know them. And, uh, but that's just kind of the feel. This is such a really small community. Even when it comes to the kids on campus, everybody knows everybody. They're all in contact with each other. One student told me, my friends aren't scared. They just want food.
3: <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Jonesy. I was like, I <laughs> Makes perfect sense. our right.
0: college kids. Jonesy, thank you. Appreciate it.
3: You're welcome. No problem.
0: Jennifer Jones Lee there live in uh, at Citrus College in Glendora. Again, Citrus College and uh, Azusa Pacific University right next door. Both campuses considered on lockdown right now, and shelter-in-place orders went out to the students and staff, et cetera, in the area. there was uh, Our understanding is that there was a threat called in to or emailed into Citrus College and then because of the proximity, everyone at APU is told to be on uh, on lockdown to stay sheltered in place as well.
3: The most popular post on our Facebook page has been about uh, a new trend going on, and it's all about reusable toilet paper. Yes, it's a thing.
0: <laughs> and if you're looking to buy some, we got got $1,000 bucks we are going to give away. We'll tell you how you can win that when we come back. <laughs>
3: Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. we could be- Gary and Shannon with your chance at $1,000.
2: KFI has your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword TAB to 200, 200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's TAB to 200, 200.
3: And remember, you got to answer that phone. It's going to be a number you don't recognize, but you don't pick up, and they move on. Your next chance to win $1,000 coming up next hour and all through 620 this evening.
0: We'll have an El Chapo update. Ooh. El Chapo. Thanks to Brian for tweeting us this. Uh, it turns out, according to the former secretary for El Chapo, that El Chapo Guzman paid a bribe to the former Mexican president, Enrique Peña Nieto, in 2012. A bribe of $100 million. Well, that sounds it was, about right. It would have been... But uh, after he was elected president, but before he actually took so office crooked. in December.
3: You know, you wonder <laughs> how Mexico would do if their in their government wasn't as screwed up as it is. I mean, you think we're corrupt.
0: Yeah.
3: Holy hell.
0: And apparently the testimony went something like this today, where the, the prosecutor said, uh now at one point, Mr. Cifuentes, that's the secretary. At one point you said that that uh Mr. Chapo uh <laughs> gave 250 million dollar bribe to the president and he goes no 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 i didn't say that it was i didn't i would never say that it was 100 million it wasn't 250 million gosh <laughs> all, all right.
3: right uh here we go picture cloth diapers but for adults <laughs> but not a diaper but just like strips there is a new thing going around called reusable toilet paper, not a thing, also known as family cloth. Okay, I'm getting,
0: I'm putting this. <laughs> I'm putting this in the category of uh, video game captain. It's not a thing. It's not a job. I mean, I know it exists, but it shouldn't. And by the way, look for it on Etsy. Look at this.
3: Look at this entire page that I came up. I don't want to look at. Yeah,
0: that. they have they have Christmas themed. From the organic Clops craft store.
3: Used in, <laughs> in lieu of TP, and then they're kept in a hamper uh, after use. What is that? That's a Buffalo Bills logo. Oh, I was going to say, are those the Cardinals?
0: No, that's the, that's the Bengals oh, okay. and the Buffalo you Bills. You know what?
3: I wouldn't be opposed to getting some Rams reusable toilet oh, paper. okay. Just kidding. They get laundered and reused again. And um, That's apparently issue. this has gained attention on blogs for years. Like you said, there's a whole industry on Etsy.
0: Listen, some people will say that the only time they use the reusable toilet paper is for a, a, a number one session. And there are others who say, well, since I'm
3: here... <laughs> Kelly Reynolds is a director and public health researcher at the University of Arizona. She specializes in studying contaminant, contaminants in the home. And
0: even she says this is not a
3: thing. Wait a minute here. She studies.
0: Contaminants in the home. Yeah,
3: That just sounds depressing, doesn't it?
0: Well, it would make you want to clean things all the she time. She says I it's
3: just a risky practice. The, the potential for cross-contamination is just very high.
0: Right. Well, let you're not gonna uh, you're not going to insert euphemism here and then just throw it in the hamper, are you? No,
3: you've got to uh, disinfect and sanitize. The Centers for Disease Control has a procedure, a protocol for for these. And they say that this is going to require bleach and water heated at a temperature hotter than most home launderers use.
0: Right, which is why if you have cloth diapers, to Blake's point that he was making off the air, if you have cloth diapers, Mm -hmm. you're going to send it away for a service because they are going to use hotter water than your washing machine may be able to produce.
3: Without bleach, your hands will be covered with E. coli. Right.
0: I mean, right now, chances are. You've got nastiness all over your hands.
3: Absolutely not. You know what? Whose idea was this? This was Michelle's idea, wasn't it? She was the one that sent this to us. Does Windex kill E. coli? Windex does everything. That's all I've
0: got over there is Windex. Just rub a little
3: Windex on it. Um, It's a Chris Rock thing.
0: Now, they're saying also that if you have a protocol that does not include bleach, you're just using super hot water the pathogens that are in the uh, skids can survive the wash cycle, and that will infect your hands as you reach into the washing machine, take it all out, and stick it into the dryer. It's the hot temperature of the dryer, they say, that could kill the bacteria. But without, without the bleach, like you said, you're just covered in it. You're covered in E. coli at that point. And from there... All you have to do is touch a faucet, a computer, a melon, whatever it is, and the E. coli is going to spread. So here's the question: Is why would you use this? Is it because you're, uh, is it because you're Johnny Crunchy Granola, and you think that this is saving the planet, that you're you're protecting the trees or whatever from not being cut down to make rolls of toilet paper?
3: I don't know. I mean, listen, I would get rid of paper in a number of uh, places. Like we don't really need all this paper that we have for the show. I don't think. Get rid of that. Okay. Maybe but. CVS respe- receipts. Um, <laughs> okay. Get rid of that. All right. But the LA Times. There's a line that you have to draw when it comes to getting rid of paper products, and the only thing that you absolutely cannot get rid of is toilet paper.
0: Well, even in even in like run down third world countries. Yeah. They're using toilet paper. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, their sewer system may not be able to handle it. So instead of dropping it in the loo, you're going to put it in the wastebasket instead. But
3: this toilet
0: paper technology has come a long way. Um, And I trust the overlords at, uh, at the toilet paper industry to make biodegradable paper.
3: America, let's not be over toilet paper. Let's not be above it. Let's not worry about the toilet paper's feelings. It has a job to do.
0: But you can, if you like, go to Etsy and get Mama Bears no. reusable cloth wipes no. and it I comes hate in all
3: a, of those words together. You
0: could select a color, you could select a mix of colors. They have something called spicy hot. No, they don't. By the way, they're almost gone. <laughs> That's what it
3: says. they're almost gone. All right. Uh, <laughs> who's in the mood for tasty Tuesday? Oh, after the poop talk, yeah. Well, do, I don't think we mentioned poop, did we? Wow. Monica, what do you do again with-, with your mind in the gutter <laughs> constantly? <laughs>
4: what do you do with toilet paper?
3: Tasty <laughs> Tuesday when we come back, Gary and Shannon.
6: Gary and Shannon.
0: An update on a uh, story that had been going on internationally. In Nairobi, Kenya, there were extremists that stormed a luxury hotel in Nairobi. Uh, We do not have any death toll yet, but we know that there were at least three bombs that went off, including one inside the lobby. Uh, It's believed to have been pulled off by the Somali-based terror group called Al-Shabaab. They were also responsible for an attack at a mall six years ago that killed 67 people, but... Uh, According to officials in Nairobi, Kenya, the special forces units that have gone in have flushed out the entire hotel, and they're saying that all of the buildings in that area are secure as they go through and try to find out more information. Uh, The situation is under control, according to the interior minister in Kenya. Also watching the story out of uh, Glendora, where Citrus College and Azusa Pacific University, both campuses, have been on lockdown for a, a, a couple hours now as police in Glendora look for what they believe was somebody who had called in or emailed a threat against Citrus College campus, and APU is on a lockdown as well because they're so close to uh, to that campus.
3: Hey, Morgan. Hey, Shannon. <laughs> How's the show going? Good, thanks. Um, hey, why were the little Blackberries upset? Ooh, I don't know. Because their parents were in a jam. <laughs>
6: that
0: Mike wasn't on a big mechanical arm, she would have dropped it at that point.
3: Guys, that, that was one of my best ones. Can we all agree on that?
0: Yeah, there's just a little anger at the end of it. Uh...
3: Well, I'm trying to hit that punchline. You know what I mean?
0: I think their point is you're hitting it with the wrong emotion. Yeah, it's, you're angry.
3: I'm not angry. That was yesterday.
7: Oh, no, I saw the <laughs> tweets going back and forth about not not upsetting you yesterday.
3: Yeah, no, everybody was on really good behavior.
0: Eggshells. She means eggshells.
3: I'm better now. It's fine. Seems, we can move on. She seems fine now. Move on.
7: Didn't wish anybody into the cornfield?
3: No. <laughs> well, never mind.
0: Neil Saavedra is here. He has joined us. The uh, Fork Reporter.
3: Was that a Children of the Corn? Uh, no. P- oh. You Older.
0: Hear the, uh, <laughs> hear the Fork Report Saturdays, 2 to 5 right here on camera. Because
3: Malachi is terrifying.
0: No. It's a Twilight Zone reference.
3: Oh. I've seen every Twilight Zone. Which Apparently one? not.
0: Apparently you haven't seen that one.
3: Huh.
0: Are we talking about the same Twilight Zone? Yeah. Real black and white. Yeah. Rod Serling? Yeah.
3: Okay. Taco trucks. <laughs> Taco trucks are doing good. They're, they're stepping up to feed the teachers on strike today. Hell, that's one reason to get out there on those uh, on those on picket, picket lines. lines. For
7: tacos? Yeah, this is interesting. You know, it's, it's funny how people rally, and now with – the technology of uh, crowdfunding and using using social media, you can get a group of people to, to do a crap load quickly. So there was these groups, and the names are a little sketchy. The International Socialist Organization <laughs> and the Democratic <laughs> and Democratic uh, Socialists of America put a campaign uh, together in, in hopes of raising fifteen thousand dollars that would go and partner with local taco trucks that could go to the schools and give out free tacos. And they reached that and more. Maybe people didn't look at what the name of their organization was. They or, just
0: they didn't read past taco.
7: Or maybe they did and <laughs> we're all screwed. Uh, but this was via GoFundMe. And so tacos and burritos
0: for everyone. Which sounds great on yeah. a rainy
7: day,
3: doesn't Seriously? it? Seriously, yes. Uh, t-
0: today they're at El Sereno Middle School. Tomorrow they're going to be serving taco plates with rice and beans at uh, Roosevelt High School in Boyle Heights. Maybe
3: we strike tomorrow. Maybe Thursday. you and I walk out. Maybe we go get tacos.
0: It's <laughs> for the kids. Hold on. Can you pass the sauce? Thursday, I think, is a great idea because they have breakfast burritos. Yes. At North Hollywood High. I will punch you in the face for just, a breakfast burrito. Just right down the street. Again uh, with the violence. And then Zingo Tacos on Friday at Venice High School. Um,
3: you would resort to violence for a breakfast burrito. And I have resorted
0: to violence for much less
7: yeah. than that. Let's not be <laughs> yeah. silly. Let's
3: not be silly. I, well, you're this... talking
7: about entrees. I would do it for a side if it was good. <laughs> the right French fry will get yeah, you a punch the, in the face.
0: A decent condiment, you know, <laughs> an aioli, a garlic aioli might get you sucked in the eye. Well, this, this is one example. We actually have kind of a, a stack of stories of these. Larger name brands, I mean, bigger than food trucks, but larger names that are doing things uh, either marketing-wise, you know, in line with what their products are or even out of line with what they would usually do and getting notoriety for it. I mean, Krispy Kreme is one of those that would – this is exactly in line with what they would do. I mean, Krispy Kreme known for a very limited selection in terms of what the donuts are that you can get. But, I mean – It's like what donut do you want? This one? Yeah, that one – and there's very little variation in it, but they've decided that they're they are keeping some of the limited edition donuts that they rolled out last year. Well, so last year they had you know
7: stuff for Thanksgiving and the holidays, and that's pretty traditional. Where some of these places will, especially if they have the very limited menu, like Krispy Kreme, they'll do these specialty ones. Everyone goes nuts, Instagram posts them all over the place, and then they go away. And they have little bursts of excitement over them. Well, right now they're doing something where they're bringing a whole series of their donuts uh, in chocolate form. So whereas their traditional donut is the you know the the plain glazed, they do a chocolate ga- glaze on occasion. But now they're doing like chocolate on chocolate, where it's a chocolate dough and a chocolate. Glaze. They have a raspberry one that's coming out. They have a, a chocolate-glazed Oreo cookie and cream uh, donut that will be coming out. And
0: these will be sticking around for a while. Uh, yeah, he
3: well, doesn't like change.
0: I do like change. I don't like change in my food. Well, I want it to be what I remember. Okay, well, wait a second.
7: Is there is there anything that has changed that you liked? No. Do you like a Big Mac? I know you're not. I know you're a healthy I'm guy. I'm more of a quarter pounder guy than I am would too. Be a Big Mac guy. But did you ever try the 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 uh, uh, extra large Big Mac that they no. had for a while? It was excellent. It was Why better was than was the it original. the uh, uh, ratios were just different. You know how ratios You're sure. talking about Oh, by the way, talking about breakfast burritos. There's a place in Costa Mesa. They were on the show this last Saturday called Toast. Holy smack. This That's breakfast. Not a chain,
3: is it? No, there's a Toast chain up in the Bay Area. Um,
7: no, but no, this one is no relation. Okay. Okay. it's a, it's a uh, single. You can find out more about them at Toast to Mesa. And get and it. Yeah, Mesa. it, Tell me uh,
3: about the burrito.
7: Oh, <laughs> it, it was again the ratio. That's what triggered me. Ratios are so important on breakfast burritos. Mm-hmm. If there's too much egg, it's eh. mm-hmm. if there's too much. Uh, I don't chorizo. like it when there's too
3: much cheese. Yeah,
7: or yeah, all those things. It just changes yeah. it spot on. It really was one of the best breakfast burritos I ever had. You know
3: how far away so we are saying. from Costa Mesa right now. I get it.
7: I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. So you just just up. Punch if you, you in get a the the chance, face for they also have a chicken, a fried chicken sandwich that will blow your mind.
0: Just saying. Uh, they triggered
7: that like ratio when I think of ratios and that proper balance of things, and that's what happens when sometimes, sometimes certain burgers will be off. Like right. imagine you you say quarter pounder. I like the quarter pounder as well, and it's my go to if I'm going to McDonald's. But imagine if it had more mustard than it does or more ketchup than it does or more onion. It all just those little things can change that.
0: Yeah. The greatest example of that, perhaps, is the difference between sodas coming out of a fountain in different restaurants can taste very different. It's the same Coke. It's the same syrup. You know why that is? Barely change some of the the ratio and it changes the the flavor. You know why that
7: is most of the time and why McDonald's is seen as having um, the best sodas? Is because many of those fast food places get them delivered in plastic bags, and then they go into a machine and they they hook yeah. them up. McDonald's gets them in stainless steel, and ah. so it's much better tasting, it's much better brighter.
3: Vin- yeah, it's better vintage.
7: Not a, no no, not everything's a vintage. Oh, she does that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, good vintage, I'm like that's water.
0: She wrote that on my birthday card a couple weeks ago. <laughs> you but are that, a, good you're, you're a
7: good vintage. 73 <laughs> a good
3: vintage, seventy three. Everything's a vintage
0: with her. Cars, everything.
3: Uh, good times. Oh,
0: I want to also, when we come back, talk about this, uh, the new thing. We know you're a huge Disney food person. Oh, um, yeah. Big, uh, big announcement about uh, the restaurant opening up in a couple of days, actually, downtown Disney. Bunch <laughs> of
3: stuff on the menu to punch somebody in the face over.
0: Oh, and something that, that may excite Gary.
3: Okay.
4: We'll see.
0: Mm-hmm. Gary and Shanna will continue in just a moment. Neil Saavedra has joined us. Oh, oh,
4: oh, I'm falling, so I'm taking my time on my
0: gary and shannon it's tuesday january 15th watching the rain of course as it makes its way through los angeles this is the second of three storms this week a lot of those burn areas are under mandatory evacuations Uh, you can find out information on our website kfiam640.com all those evacuation areas
3: Hey, that john wetland story is crazy huh
0: Uh, former uh, I think he's he started with the Dodgers. A lot yeah, of people are he saying did. he's a Yankees pitcher, but he started with the he Dodgers. He
3: won with the Yankees.
0: Yeah, he was an All Star. I know that with yeah. the Yankees. So won um, the
3: World Series with him. I guess.
0: But popped for uh, for child molestation,
3: continuous child abuse.
0: Yeah, that's the that I think Gross. is the key word. Yeah, continuous child abuse of a person under the age of fourteen. Not good. He
3: was MVP of the World Series with the Yankees in ninety six. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, We're talking with Neil Saavedra, host of the Fork Report, about all things food and drink, et cetera. And one of the cool things that's coming up uh, is that there's a new restaurant opening up in downtown Disney. Uh, Ballast Point is going to open a location there.
7: It's a beer pub, Gary.
6: Is it? Are you sure? Come
7: on, buddy. Get
0: over there. (laughs) Get some drinking in. Uh, tap room will seat 220 semi-private, private private spaces, group events. They push in this whole thing. The, um, the menu on this is just, listen, uh, for some reason, a brewery tap, brewery slash tap room menu is always music to my
7: ears.
3: Ballas Point does the Sculpin
7: deal, right? Yeah. Okay. Three words. Duck, confit, tacos.
3: That sounds very rich.
7: It is, uh. (laughs) <laughs> duck confit is is duck poached in its own fat or yeah. another fat. Mm, it's great, very juicy. That seems m- messy. As well. No, it's not bad. No, no, it's a uh, i it, uh, duck confit is one of my favorite things. Uh,
3: Remember when you and I went to Oinkster and we ate those burgers <laughs> in the commercial break? That was yeah. That was messy.
0: That's not a yeah. It was also. It looked like there had been a car accident. <laughs> a in front yeah. of us. <laughs> It was a crime scene. It's like a.
3: It was because well, we had like I think ninety seconds taped to it eat off. a burger the size of our faces, and we did it. We ugly ate those uh, things.
6: Uh,
0: there's no reason you should be able to jam that much. Uh, that much. No, their burgers beef are beef and burger into your mouth. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they taped it off and only let press through.
6: It
7: <laughs> totally. was Totally. <ugly>. Yeah. <laughs> and we little outlines of your bodies. <laughs> so I, so we Messi were crying at the end ever, of it. Ever yeah.
3: Since then Messy doesn't make me run away. It's like I've seen Messy. I've been there. I've been to that war scene. <laughs> uh
0: but is this this unusual in that it seems like it's a much much more local fair uh in a place like downtown Disney which is usually caters to sort of the the worldwide audience. Yeah, they're um
7: they're going through some changes at Disney and uh, Disneyland in the parks and then also there on downtown Disney. And I think it's all for the best. I mean, it's really – I get it. Everybody complains about the pricing and everything. I, I know it's, a, it's expensive. But I don't know if – as I get older, it's not about cost as much as it is about value, mm-hmm. like what you get for your buck. And it's still a great place to go. It's safe. It's fun. Um, there's, you know, interesting, fun things at every turn. And uh, I know I sound like a Disney apologist all the time, but I, my family and I <laughs> really enjoy it. I don't get paid by them. I pay for my tickets, all of those things. And I it, I still enjoy the parks very much, and they, they're working to make them even better. Uh, they have a new restaurant uh, there called uh, Tropical um, Hideaway. And... The food is starting to get
0: spicier
7: and I more heard you robust. talking about that. This one in
0: Frontierland, yeah, think, uh, next or Adventureland. Cruise. Adventureland now is um, what they call
7: it. Yeah, I think it, yeah, Adventureland. Frontierland's next door. Um, oh, got it. Yes. Adventureland is the one with the jungle Safaris. cruise. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really, in the flavor, like the heat, the sauce in this is super respectable. Like just the the heat in yeah. that sauce you would normally not do for and I, a I white. I heard audience. you
0: talking about it on Saturday that that. Because it's such a huge I mean, because there's so many people that go through there from so many different cultures, you kinda have to go middle of the road when it comes to spice or flavor or taste or whatever, because you don't want to offend too many people or turn exactly. too many people off. But there's a lot of places around the world, people who visit from those places, they're used to things that are spicy or tangier or saucier, or whatever it is than than we are here.
7: Yeah. So to get a you know, a beef bow or a vegetable bow or these types of things and have them have heat. That's very cool. And layers of flavor. Oh yeah, it's great. Not to mention they're fun to eat. Speaking of bow, almost like a little. I enjoy
3: the bow at uh, Capital Seafood in Arcadia.
7: Oh, never been. Wow, Arcadia.
3: Best dim sum I've ever had.
7: You're not going to lose out there. Holy hell! The San Gabriel Valley.
3: I'm just saying, you should check it out.
0: Did you see Incredibles two? Yes. And that bow short film that was before it. No. I think I watched it on a plane. You have a kid now, you can't watch you can't watch Bow. It you'll die. You'll so weird. inside it's It is so weird. She makes a bow and then it's her kid and then he grows up and he's a teenager and then he wants to leave and how do you prevent Bow from leaving? I'm not going to tell you, but are, you got to watch it. Are you crying? I am. I am Just, and I'm mad about it. Blake is crying too. Not just me. Blake yeah, is crying too. Yeah, but Blake
7: cries at least once per show.
0: There is a moment in that short film where you will stand up out of your chair and swear at the TV. Shannon's really hard on me.
3: <laughs> you I, you I just have never sick. made you cry.
0: You can you can find the I'm entire. I'm going to get hate
3: mail for the next 24 hours till I get back on the air saying you make Blake cry. You're
0: the terrible. entire the entire movie's a uh, 10 minute movie is on uh, People YouTube. People love you Blake. Okay, it. I'll check it. out. Bow. It's just called Bow. Just Bow. Blow your mind. Sounds heartbreaking.
7: John and it's-
3: Ken coming up next. Blessings.